escape. Oh my goodness, Eric. Thank God it is Friday. We have Thank a God TGIF deal. Very hateful to the monkeys there, Charlton Heston. I don't what? understand. Isn't that what Apes. he was in? Planet Apes. of the Monkeys? <laughs> Davy Jones is all over there just getting harassed. Oh no, watch out, Pete Tork. He's <laughs> running with those thin arms. Oh no, get Mike Nesmith. I just want to make sure everybody knows. Like, Nikki Dolan's, I'll just yell you it out. Don't play instruments, you <laughs> damn dirty monkeys. <laughs> uh, I was talking to you about going through and reading some things from the past there, back in oh, the, the day. Past, huh? And boy, the monkeys were a lot more respected in their time than they were yeah. looked back at. It, it is kind of a crazy deal. And I think that one of the things that you go with, obviously, they were a band put together to kind of, hey, look at us. They're kind of the Beatles, but they're the yeah. monkeys. There were so many of those groups. So it wasn't that it was that crazy. They were actually, you know, one that we actually remember. So pretty good. Little shout out to you, Pete Twerk and the crew. Here we go. I was like, Pete Twerk, everybody goes with Davy Jones. That guy didn't do crap. Except it be short. <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm like, are you explaining Davy Jones to yourself at this point? I was explaining this podcast is what I'm doing. <laughs> Didn't do nothing. It's just uh, short. Just hanging around. He's short. And that's it. Even though he does sing in Daydream Believer. But most of the songs are sung by Mickey Dolenz there, Eric. I didn't think that people knew they were going to get a deep dive into the I monkeys. I like the monkeys occasionally. You know, it's an acquired taste. But here we are. Another acquired taste for some of these books that we're talking about tonight. We have the TGIF, which has become the, hey, everybody, let's do the books that aren't night terrors so we can have a spooky podcast on the weekend. That continues this week as we are going to talk about Superboy Man of Tomorrow, Vigil, and Batman Superman World's Finest. But before we get into this, let me remind you that we also talked about some non-spooky books on our Patreon-only Spotlight Show, picked by the badasses to get fresh crew. Boo-boo! They ended up picking Tales of the Titans, number one, and Hawkgirl, number one. Eric, both number ones. I thought they were both number twos. (laughs) (sighs) And you thought that wasn't the case. You loved them. You thought they were the greatest thing you have ever read in your life, you told me, but people are going to have to go see if I'm telling the truth at patreon.com slash weird size. That's like my version of a verbal clickbait thumbnail. Verbal clickbait thumbnail. thumbnail. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm a uh, trendsetter. Eric loves this shit. Check it out if I'm lying or not. I told you before when I would send you gifs on Twitter that that that's like my version of a modern day prop comic. You didn't think that was true either. You gave me some shit about that. And by the way, Eric, I fixed my lawnmower. And <laughs> I've already gotten a couple comments that, boy, Jim, you sounded so proud and happy uh, that you fixed that lawnmower. And Eric just dashed them down <laughs> immediately. <laughs> like he did. He wasn't impressed. He, I was very excited. Some fluid into his lawnmower. Like, look at what I, I just, did. Just what I did. You, you weren't there for the process. I had to pour things in. And then drain them out. Then pour them oh back my God. in, Eric. Then drain. I should have taken a picture of the, the crap that should came you? out of that lawnmower the first time. Then, when I did get it working and started mowing, the crap that was thrown willy-nilly around the block because now the kids have the dogs go in the backyard and don't pick it up there. It's weird. I forgot all you about it. still mow because, over it? Yeah. Well, it just goes flying around. That's I ended gross. up we, we are a mower. I didn't get one with a bag connection mm-hmm. I, what am i rockefeller that shit's flying all over the place so yeah we end up missiles everywhere but 
I remember as a kid, one of my chores was to go and pick up the dog poop in the backyard. And I I forgot all about that because they kind of take the dogs for walks and things like that. I was a little fella, Eric, and I had a huge, huge Doberman pincher that there was no way I could take it for a walk. Pepper, her name was. I like Pepper. Pepper was a a very temperamental. Huge, huge Doberman pincer. I'm sitting here like, he was 17 years old. His dog was too big for oh, the walk. Oh, I'm telling you, no. I was already back from college. I was 28. Yeah. I'm like, I can't do this. I The thing is, I don't need anybody to go, are you walking him or is he walking you? Hey! And I'm like, I'm going to kill you, you asshole. Now, they end up where I, uh, I couldn't take it for a walk. It would run away. But it also, if any of my friends would come over and open the door, just like open it up real way, it would run out. And it would, you know where we live. It would run to the Kmart parking lot. Oh, yeah. And I'd have to go and grab it. And then I would have to walk at home, which was, was a chore. Eric, one of my chores indeed. But here we are. We have three books, All as right. you said. And uh, I guess one of them might have some monkeys or apes in it, kind of, at one point, right? You get a little in the background, maybe. I'm, I'm just trying to make it work for the Thank God it's Friday. But I'm just trying to figure out what you're talking about. I, I believe in the Batman Superman World's Finest. There might Is there like a Titano somewhere? I think there is. I think there okay. is something in the There's background. There's a lot of robots. One. I didn't look at every single one. Yeah, it was when they ended up getting like, hey, you know, robots unite. But. In that, there is no apes or monkeys in the first book. But, Eric, after I read it, I felt like I was a monkey's uncle. <laughs> <sighs> I, said, I said that. And I'm like, am I saying that right? I still don't know. But, Eric, let's get bananas. It's early. We don't usually record this early. You're getting me in a more, you know, fried up spruce mood. Is, is that what it is? Is that, is that what happens? I'm sitting here. I'm like, this is exactly as it is when we're freaking doing it later where nothing makes sense. And the segues are awful. Saturday, I point Saturdays, I'm real tired. But here we are. What are we starting with, Eric? Superboy, Man of Tomorrow, number four, written by Kenny Porter with R.P. Genoi Lindsay and Lucas Gattoni. And in this issue, we continue Superboy's run with the Cosmeteers. But as he does not know from the previous issue, it turns out that the Dax clone Trav has been going around and putting rings on people's fingers that they save that allow him to telepathically control them later on. So we have just regular people being saved and clones who have been, they have freed from the Dominator X control going on. So it's just such a weird idea because also at the end of the last issue, where Dominator X says, I'm done with this Cosmeteer bullshit. I don't need them messing up my operations no more. The Dominators themselves have told me to go screw myself. It's time to take some Dominator X revenge. I'm going to unleash my ultimate weapon on the Cosmeteers, where it's a being that was made up of all the powers that you could ever have from any alien species, and I'm going to unleash it on Superboy and Trav. And this thing comes down and just beats the holy hell out of Connor and Trav this whole time, to the point where I was hoping, once everything was said and done, that, like, you know, all the suspicions we had of Trav and, like, the, the mind control aspects that were revealed previously, like, maybe this would go away and we have to realize Superboy like, you know, has a good idea about things. Maybe we have to work together as a team to overcome this thing. But no, the way that we overcome this is a trap. like, I am done getting my ass kicked. I'm going to activate everybody that I have mind controlled throughout the the galaxy right now. Bring them here and dogpile on this monster. Yeah, there's a couple of times in this. First off, I'm not a big fan of it. I haven't been from the start. It's okay, but it's not really something that, you know, is my kind of thing. So when I get into this, I was a little taken aback at first. I couldn't remember what happened and then i'm like oh yeah infinity it's like a meso this guy so you end up where they're fighting and i know you're desperately desperately hoping the cosmeteers 
would end up being somewhat good. So you can continue with them and you want that team up like a legion, you said. Exactly. The previous issue really made it feel like this was like a modern day version of the Legion of Superheroes, almost maybe like a precursor to what would one day become the Legion based off this early group, because we already have the United Federation of Planets that would one day lead to the Legion of Superheroes in the 31st century. So maybe this is also a precursor, a bunch of alien species happen to be clones, though, but alien species coming together for a better tomorrow that will share like rings and stuff like that. It just felt like Superboy being a part of a modern day legion and once we get in this issue all of my dreams of oh that my dash completely all we have we don't have legions we just have assholes yeah and and while it's going on i felt like homer chasing the roast pig but is it still okay it's still good it's still good okay well trev oh well there's a lot but we still have because i'm waiting at one point for the others to be like P- yeah pierre and Rotur, they're gonna be on superboy's side right and and they'll realize oh my god we've been duped like oh no they're in on it nah. i'm like oh crap you gotta crack some eggs to make an omelet superboy oh no and then at points, I'm even starting to think, well, they could be... Re- oh, no, they killed a Green Lantern. <laughs> They're done. They're done. And, and, oh, it's and even the idea, we, we killed the ultimate weapon of Dominator X in just in a terrible, terrible way with a dog pile of... like you know, a dog pile. My- Mind-controlled, you know, alien clones and just people just coming around and being a weapon, essentially. When uh, when the Green Lantern doll tarantulas, I'm like, I'll take it from here, everybody. And you see Peter and Rotor just use their powers to just kill him completely. I'm like, yeah, there ain't no coming back from this at this point in time. Because even if Superboy kept his mouth shut, you pretty much just killed a space cop. Everybody's coming for your ass. That's the problem. I mean, when they kill Infinity, I'm like, okay, well, that can That's be. That's a monster. It's an abomination. Yeah, that could be pushed aside. You end up having a Green Lantern where, luckily, not, you know, two days to retirement, just a week into the job. <laughs> like, I really like it. I'm, I'm the, out here. I'm stopping bad people. This is what happens when Kilowog's not alive to train new recruits. I'm telling you, yeah, really, I'm telling you through all this, I even had this weird, weird idea. Oh, wait a minute. They're doing this and they're going to end up at some point. Okay, turn off the cameras. This is all a do. And everybody's in because even the point where Connor's like, I don't know. Did you get my message? Maybe. No, we say. I thought that the oh no the ring just flew by the guy just stand I'm like oh no and then Alice happens and having some weird ideas like okay like this is sector two eight two eight this is why Daltoran's here this is his sector and like obviously these people aren't a part of the sector as a whole but I'm like Superboy is here he ain't got no fear in his heart how about that ring going Superboy and he can start evening the odds with all this but you know, the ring just kind of takes off my like, takes well, off. I think oh, the well. ring looks around and like, I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> like, this is a bad place. But whenever you have a ring just fly off to find a new recruit, I always just hope it's one of those things where you have those wow moments, like when a ring goes on Superman or Batman or something like that, where you just have that wow moment. It means nothing ultimately to the overall story of anything going forward, but just for that moment, it could be really cool, but we don't even Maybe get that. Maybe it's going to take a U-turn. It's going to circle around the planet, come back? Yeah, it's going to go around nobody else, so go to them, because that'd be cool. And here's the thing. You mentioned that because I thought that's what was going to happen. I thought he was going to get the ring. Once I saw, oh, no, they, they actually killed him. But there's a bunch of things in this series. And, again, we're not the ones writing it. It's Kenny Porter's story, so you could do whatever. But, boy, you could have just set this up because I I don't like them now. But I did like the Cosmeteers. I thought they kind of were cool. Seemed like something that'd be neat. Why couldn't you just have made this where they are trying to rescue some of their other teammates that were held by Dominator X, and then you could just have that fun with that. But it gets dark, and I think that's why. I, I guess Kenny Porter wants to go dark here, but it's kind of a weird play. 
to the point where Trav is like, you know, I don't look, you, your power is greatly used on this team right now. It's just your stupid ass mind with your values and your hope and your Superman essence. It's really bringing us down, Connor. So we don't need your ass. You know, what I did during all our battles, I collected your dumb ass blood. I, I used that blood to clone you and I just didn't give that clone a mind of its own. So right here we have a super boy with all the powers that Connor has, but without the mind to fight back and cause all the trouble that Connor's currently causing. So on top of that, like we have a clone of Connor Kent right now who's going to work for the Cosmeteers that Trev himself is going to telepathically control. And I'm just sitting there like, this never works out well. Every time we have a clone of Superboy, it just goes horribly wrong, like match. But I'm like, this is a clone of a clone. This is just going to end badly for everybody. And I'm like, is this going to be a, a new match going forward? Or is it even a worse match? Because at least match had a mind that was, I would say, even better than Superboy's at the time when he was first introduced back in the 90s. Yeah, and, and even then you have like Pira and Brochur. I thought this would be the last straw. Oh my God, he's making a clone. Even Connor calls him out. You're all against us. And I, again, you, when we were talking about things earlier and doing all that, you even said that at one point you thought that maybe what the play will be is, oh my God, a Daxamite really pissed off, a but they're going to come together, realize they're pretty much the same. They both had some yeah. bad circumstances and then they'll go and yeah, Dominator X, the big, oh wait, like, that didn't happen. Like, these guys yeah. are done. Yeah, and it just it, turns it out that the Daxamite that wanted to ha be as powerful as a Kryptonian had his powers taken away because the powers mean, you know, you're vulnerable to lead and pretty much can't go anywhere in the universe. He's just really upset that he had the possibility of being as good as a Superman, as being as powerful as a Superman, and he never will be. So that jealousy just runs strong, and we have to hate Superboy because of that. The worst part about this in the whole fight, though, it's just out of nowhere. Trav has a gauntlet that, like, you know, hits Superboy with, you know, yellow sun radiation. Right on the head, just grabs a hold of his head and blasts him with the yellow sun radiation. I don't know where this gauntlet came from or how you activate it or how you set something up like that. But I just thought they're like, yes, you don't have your Kryptonian powers anymore, but you were born to be a weapon outside of that. Like, sadly, you were born to be a weapon because that's what you were. But you still have your TK abilities. They didn't do, they didn't do any TK things. And I'm like, did we just decide that that's all wrapped up with you? Like, you know, red, yellow sun situation. Like, he should still be able to use these powers outside of his Kryptonian powers that came in. And then Rotor runs by and pretty much uses like the Klingon attack there, the death pinch. Boom. And he goes down. The Klingon attack, the death pinch. Yeah. yeah the death pinch. When, you, when you're going with that though. It's just a shame because when, uh, and I, again, I'm not loving this series anyway. It's okay. But when I'm going through, I'm like, I wanted to end this with, man, that's a cool team. I hope we see them again. <laughs> like, I, I wanted to like them. And now all They're of a sudden, be locked I'm like, up in science cells for the rest of their life. Yeah. While I'm looking, I'm like, well, you do have that weird half shirt look there. Trap. I'm not really down with that. Well, you wouldn't be, but if you had the, if you had the abs, you'd all be all about the half shirt. I don't know. I might wear a tight shirt. I don't know if I'd go half shirt or maybe one I of would. those mesh shirts, right? Those mesh ones. Those are cool, right? And like a Jose Canseco glasses. That'd be pretty cool. But yeah, when you end up where it seems okay, let's all calm down. Green Lantern's here. Of course, it's not a real seasoned vet here that just ends up getting taken down. It's a shame. And like you said, the ring goes, and then they just take off and leave him for dead. But we go back to Earth, where you do have Kalex, who's in on the deal. Trying to monitor Connor, because, you know, Kalex originally gave Connor the wristband to allow him to teleport in the space to go on his grand adventure, but now it's disabled. And I, I didn't quite, and I'm reading it, and it says, I actually thought this was John, while I was reading it, even though he says, Kalex, have you seen Connor, John, Kara, and I? But I kind of zipped through that, and I'm like, because it looks like a very young 
more like John to me, but he ends up saying, and I'm telling you, Kalex throws some massive shade here, and I, I as really he like should it. because we have Kalex speaking for pretty much all of the fans at this point for like you know you have this amazing Superman family that's been going on since the rebirth happened, but Connor was left out this entire time, and even the idea where like it's been two weeks that Connor has been out working with the Cosmeteers trying to pave his way across space to show people what Superman means to the entire universe, and then it's two weeks later and Superman, hey. Somebody brought up the idea that Connery had been around. You've seen him, Calix? And the idea that, like, hey, I care about Connery. If you cared so much, Mr. Superman, why'd it take you two weeks to go look for him? Just leaving Superman looking like the biggest dick ever. And I'm thinking to myself, because they talk about, it can't be easy for Connery with everything that's going on, a, a history that was rewritten around him, where he wasn't a part of it. And that's, like, it's one of those things that they try to make things make sense after, you know, the New 52 happened, where Connor wasn't really there, even though we had a version of Connor in the Teen Titans that was kind of erased to a degree. I have to imagine, but what did we have at the death of Superman? Like, what did we have in Infinite Frontier if we have everybody had the memories of these things happening, these big DC events where Connor was front and center with the reign of Superman? And, like, how does anybody reconcile that, even with the Young Justice? Like, like, oh, yeah, you're Connor, Kent. We now remember you. I just, it's always been weird to me how they're trying to reconcile this because it never makes sense. But, yeah, they treat him like Lane Staley and Allison Chains. So, you know, the people who cared for him so much found him decaying two weeks after he died. Damn it, Eric, I'm still with a PlayStation controller in his hand. Not yeah. even an Xbox, a PlayStation. Can you imagine it? But yeah, that, that that is shade. Also, I like there's such a weird little aside here that I'm like, who are we setting up something here? Because almost like a book where Kalex is hitting the road. He even says at one point, he's like, yeah, I'd like to get out and about myself. I'm like, go for it, Kalex. Go and do it. I want that book. But you end up probably wouldn't want that book. No, I don't want the Kalex. Hard traveling hero Kalex. You know, he'd go right to Jimmy Olsen. Those assholes would hit the road going to Canada. So you end up where all this is going on. And you do see a little bit of, hey, maybe, uh, you know, and it's Pira. Maybe we could have at least took him to a planet where he wouldn't die. Or, you know, I feel bad. But. Not bad enough. It's not going to no. do anything, but it, it really is starting to really push, push, push that Travis just bad. You got to yeah. get away from this guy. This guy is bad, bad news. But you do end up having Connor stranded on that planet. We do go up to the Dominator X's secret lab because one of the things, too, is that when uh, the dog pile is over, Trav yells to all the people who are being controlled. Hey, you got that scent? Go get him, boys. Hey, I know I know. one of you guys has the power that can track this Dominator X. Go and do that and follow his scent back to where his lab is. Yep, and they did. So they found him on planet Chalum, where I love the idea, and I thought it was going to play out more. Dominator X, while we know he's in big trouble, he's like, hey, can you turn off all those emergency alarms and things? They're giving me a headache. I'm real busy here. I'm like, maybe you should check those out there, Dominator X. Don't tell Dominator X how to live his life. It's because he's scratching it up on the wheels of steel, this guy. He's in public enemy. You end up where he's making another one of these infinities. He's right back to the drawing board. But that's when Trav and the Cousin Tears show up and they're ready to, you know, go What's ham. What's up, Dr. Ivo? Oh, man, my Amazo went down. Better make a new one. Better make a new one. It's the same with everyone. Uh, so, yeah, you end up where back on planet Decidia, you do end up having a kid come and find. And Connor's like, oh, God, I'm. It's this is it. I'm I'm gonna die. Nobody's gonna come and find me because the bracelet was broke and he ends up passing yeah. out. But that's where 
these kids show up and like, oh my god, it's him, it's the Super Boys, and he's it's got so a hoodie. It's so weird that we have the idea that like you know Trav left him to die on that planet because it was a wasteland, nobody could survive there. He like passes out eventually from like you know lack, kids. lack of yellow sunlight because he's still affected by the red sun, like the radiation that Trav did to him, and there's nothing around. But I'm like, yeah, there's just kids hanging out here living. They got Superman T-shirts on. I'm like. I don't think this planet's that much of a wasteland, really. So Trav. what you're saying, it's like, remember back with uh, Man vs. Wild, and he's like, oh, in the in the great wilderness, and then they take the two highway steps and they're there. on the highway. <laughs> That's all it is. Trav versus Wild. He's a, I love the idea, like you're saying, not only do these kids just waltz up, but they got swag on. Yeah. And I guess, do you think the kid made it? Because he does say, yes, hey, I saw the feed. It. I saw those feeds. I, you have a sweatshirt very similar to that. Huh? Yes, I, have I to do. say, looks looks just the like hoodie. you. And you, at one point, wore, like, a, a trench coat like that. Uh, you know. A formal coat? Got some problems there. I'm sorry that my wardrobe is different than shorts and a freaking hoodie. Yeah, I don't know. Sweat, uh, Superman sweatshirt and a fucking trench coat. You end up trench in maybe, coat. like, wore maybe, coat. maybe watches in there. I don't know. You might be exposing yourself. I can never tell. But at the end, you do have that, you know, earlier. Hey, I love when they do it, too. You know what my symbol stands for. It stands for hope. I wish that Trav, no, it stands for sucker. And I want him to punch him then. That's you and Trav to be out of nowhere. Sucker. Sucker. Yeah, that S is for sucker. Uh, but you end up with these kids who will help him out. That's cool. It shows that the hope's alive, Eric. So there you go. And then you have next, Reign of the Cosmic Tears. Oh, shit. There's bad things involved. But what would you give this? Ultimately, this is a you know action-packed issue we have with, you know, old, like Infinity versus Superboy and Trav and then everybody who's been affected by, you know, Trav against Infinity to the point where you have a Green Lantern show up and you have the entire Cosmeteers versus that, and then against Superboy. It's just all of this stuff hitting a road just to really pinpoint the idea they'll pinpoint, but really express the idea that the Cosmeteers are not the do-gooders that we once maybe thought they were, and there's no real recourse in turning them back to go- to goodies at this point. It's just really sad to me. And, you know, Superboy maybe going out there. I'm just really, like, really hoping that the book doesn't devolve into Superman, like, you know, saving Superboy or any of those things. I want it Superboy seems to because they seem this. to be looking to where he is and things exactly. like that. And I don't want the Superman family to show up and do all this because I want this to be Comics Adventure where he is good enough to take care of anything, like, clean up any of his messes that he might have started here. But I just really hope that, like, you know, imagine that, though. I don't know any other way to do it. Maybe they show up and stay on the sidelines and watch Connor just, you know, take care of business. I was going to say that they show up and say, listen, you know, they have to really stress that he's capable himself, but still they, help, You need maybe. to, because if, if the rest of them show up, like, what if, if they show up, they're going to take care of the problem, which is going to make Superboy look like, you know, he's not capable. And if they don't show up, it's just them ignoring Superboy <laughs> lost his face tomorrow. I'm like, you can't do anything except for, like, stay, like, come out, stand on the sidelines and, what, like, you know, watch Superboy take care of the job himself, but it just doesn't feel like it's, it's enough there until, like, you know, he does take care of the job. And they all around there to hug you. You are a Superboy and the man of tomorrow. I would think that the play would be, you know, Superman, uh, John, and Kara. They show up and then they're about to help. And Superman says, No, let the boy fight. And then they watch from a distance. He doesn't know they're there. He does his thing. And then afterwards, they kind of, Oh, man, you, oh, you did great. Let's hug it out. Let's go home, you jerk, you stupid clone. Let's get out of here. <laughs> and they leave. But it would be real. It would have been a real shame if Connor, after all this, goes home to Earth. And he's like, oh, man, you guys, you missed me. They're like, what? You were somewhere? Like, at least Kalex is, you know, told them. Kalex Connor's like, best friend, Kalex. I love the one point where Kalex is telling this all. And then Superman says, listen, you're not in the wrong here, Kalex. I'm going to beep, 
boop, boop. No shit, Superman. <laughs> Screw you. I don't need your deal. Uh, but Kalix is pretty good. Uh, I think he stole the show. But what would be your score? I'm going to go with a 6.3 out of 10. Yeah, it's, I'm a 6. I'm just a, a 6. It, it's okay. It's nothing that is, you know, going to wow me. or But it doesn't get me that angry. It did take me a while to get through this oh, issue. Oh, we yeah, it is. It is, especially when it's, uh, uh, I don't know, when it's words, Eric. Especially when it's in English. Uh-huh. I have a lot of problems. You didn't know that English is my fifth language. We're going to move on now to There's the no visual. Fourth. <laughs> visual number three, continuing in the We Are Legends books, written by Ram V with art by Lalit Kumar, Sharma, Rain Barreto, and Dave Sharp. And we have a weird issue. I actually saw a lot of people dissing this issue. I don't hate it. I just want to kind of get over this kind of introduction of the group and get forward. But I thought that it played out okay. I I don't know how you're going to feel it. Well, you end up having a neat kind of deal where they're actually on a mission that may not even be quite the mission because they're actually looking up the stuff with me. I feel like they're giving me the double talk with everything they're doing here because you have characters that are part of the Vigil team. You have new characters brought in to be a part of but are still outsiders. And you have the main doctor involved who's giving out the orders to do this, who we know nothing about but goes to a negative, weird universe and says, oh my God, Hep is messing. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing. Even the situations that you set up where, you know, we go to this jungle where there's floating. It's, it's, it's Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I don't know with all the floating stuff where a guy's hooked up to a machine who like creates the dream of a perfect, like future paradise where people just go along with the dream there. But we just kind of move on. It's, it's like, you know, a half a mission, like half a story to go into the idea. Like we also got to check out Dr. Saha, make sure she's on the up and well, up. That's she I, starts think leading our team. Thing. I think that's why this whole thing ever came about. I think the, the chief ends up going there like, Hey, we got to do this. Uh, they're really actually looking in the Nia and checking out all those things. So I, I thought it felt very Doom Patrol-esque, but we end up always feeling a bit Doom Patrol-esque in this. But you end up having, you know, the idea. I didn't know that Castle was, you know, a psychopathic sociopath kid who so doesn't even care, has no empathy or whatnot. Uh, we learned that. We learned a little bit of things. And again, though, it feels like these first three issues should have been condensed down to an issue and a half maybe to get us forward because you really don't have an overall story. And that's what I want. And I'm afraid because of Ram V, the way he plays things. Now, again, he just signed uh, exclusive to DC. Yeah. And sometimes when you do that, you, you're able to then, you know, call some shots and able to pick. Maybe he's already said because he's writing this as if he already knows there's going to be another volume, whether or not it sells or not, because he is not getting but that's classic Ram V. He doesn't tell a story that quickly. But when I'm just sitting here in almost like, well, you know, it's like a, you know, an Indian version of the Doom Patrol. I kind of dig some of the characters. I, I want to know more about. I just hope that there is more than just six issues. because We're halfway through here. And like the big mystery is who runs the group. This Mr. Lightless. I'm like, is that going to be a cliffhanger? Like this person's Mr. Lightless and it's going to mean nothing. Yeah. I, <laughs> we end up. It's Nia. But she's writing a letter and she's basically telling them, like, we got to shut this thing down. It's not good. Nobody here is, is sane. All the intel we get is off. We're doing all that while you end up having her being checked out. Uh, and again, I thought it was okay. Seiya is probably my favorite character so far because I think that's the easiest one to kind of get around and we've had more from say say is the vigil member who has great pain and has a shapeshifter and has a mask that they wear that can duplicate people saying they put it back on and they become that person in this issue the say does it to uh nia saha 
in her in her sleep to the point where she he could be they can become you know Mia Saha. And the thing is, it's Seha Seya and Saha, and it really messes me up whenever I want to say the two of them together. Okay, you got you got you got Seya and you got Mia. Okay, and now Seya has been tasked to go around and dig up any dirt on Mia that they can. So pretty much in the background, we have Seya going around in disguise as Mia. You know, going to the place like her mother's place, going on dates, checking all the like, you know, friend group. And I did find it a little confusing at first with some of the transitions where I didn't know if this was actually Nia or, uh, you know, say it in disguise because I didn't understand the plan initially. Yeah, eventually I caught on because I kept reading and that's fine. But it was just a weird transition at first. But we just had this character, you know, this a shapeshift is like, yep, turns out that this Nia is pretty on the up and up. All right, good. I'm like, <laughs> goes around and like talks to the mom and going through old things to see. It's kind of a weird play. Like, do they talk about work outside of work? And that's really all it is. Goes and talks to friends, dates. Is there anything like out that. there that we could use on with leverage against them if they turn on us? Yes, and you they do got find a, out they got a hospice father. Yeah, that's about what you get about the whole deal. But on the up and up, in the meantime, while Nia's writing her report to Mister Lightless, saying we got to get rid of these people, they're not good, they're bullcrap, nothing is going right here. I don't trust them in this one mission that. It seemed kind of cool. I mean, you're right. It's like a Zelda for, for deal. The, for the idea of it, though, we have a Cambodian jungle where Dr. Sankaran has set up this mission, all right? This Japanese scientist back after World War II decided that it can cause a lot of pain in somebody. It extends their, like, emotions, stuff like that. So started working with, like, um, you know, a brainwashing technique that they had. And they're like, you know what would this be even better? If I did it to psychics and people with reality-bending, like, powers, manip- reality-manipulation powers. So I'm going to cause a great deal of pain, brainwash them to the point where I have a psychic who's been, a, like, awake, but yet dreaming for, like, the last, you know, 70 years. And they're going to create this utopia paradise in a Cambodian jungle where we just have floating structures and bullshit that doesn't matter. And everybody living their best life. Whether or not. And the thing is, like, there are soldiers here, but we can't hurt the soldiers because they're not actually soldiers. There's people who are believing the dream that they're soldiers it's just stopping wacky people. Shit. Like I said, it's very Doom Patrol-esque. It's very, but it's, it seems to me that this is just to get Nia out of the way so that you can end up having Seiya go and impersonate her and try to figure this out because the big thing at the end they just end up killing this guy, the, this, you know. Oh, yeah, freaking Castle, the, the tech guy. He just goes in and shoves a pen in his ear to put him out of his misery. Yeah, and he does get put out of his misery, you know, the psychic who's projecting all this, and so then it all falls apart. But in the meantime, you do have like, Say come back. Like, where is the Japanese scientist? Are they still alive? Or is yeah, this I think operation still? I, I think so, from the, like, the amount of time that has passed since World War Two. But they're like, we just had this machine up and running in Cambodia where it's creating this dream like paradise situation and it's just nobody shut it off once the creator died. Is it almost like like Vincent Price and like uh Edward Scissorhands where he's like, I'm gonna build the perfect person. Here's some hands, boy. Oh no, heart attack, and then we just leave this mechanical Edward Scissorhands man in this mansion. Hedges. <laughs> he's doing the hedges. The thing is, I'm talking about this for some reason I started talking about it with Scissorhands. And now I just want to go on a rant how I don't understand that movie. What was Edward? Is he a boy? Was he a robot? I don't know. He's the boys. He's but a yeah, timeless child. Again, you do get a little bit of the other character, very brief. I mean, you end up having Dodge and them doing this thing or whatnot. But again, the big thing is just to show that they are, you know, not really trusting of Nia. And now if she finds out about this, then there's going to be some problems. She's obviously going to have a big problem with somebody impersonating her. For her family and friends and, and whatnot. Is Nia going to be more upset about that because this is classic, you know, spy craft stuff where you're going to like check this stuff out and like it's almost like, like Mission Impossible with the rubber mask, but just with metahuman powers and some technology. But are you going to be upset about that with this Dr. Sankaran who is 
not giving you all the information and somehow traveling to a negative universe naked to find out that somebody who's supposed to be here isn't actually there. That's the thing. She's already mad at him. She's even saying to Lightless, like, this guy doesn't have crap about anything. He won't tell anybody. His intel's always off. He's always like, you got to get rid of him. But in the meantime, I think that the play is that that letter might get intercepted or they're going to have to step in and say, you don't send that or your dad's in trouble. I, I don't know. Hey, Dr. Sankaran, how did you know about this Japanese scientist and the psychic projecting this room wrote? He never answered my question. I'm like, what, what are you doing with this guy? Because even in the last issue, obviously he's a baddie because he was even a part of that like weird Stranger Things lab that were or working with children he? to make them psychics. And like he was obviously a part of that and was trying to, mm, I hope they don't find yeah, out about don't what I did. you don't know what's going on, but it, it could be. But that's like the class. Again, it's like Niles Calder. It's like all these weird yeah, teens. Niles. <laughs> I know. Well, I think you're supposed to hate this guy, too. But even when he goes to his weird, like, you know, astral projection, negative verse, whatever the hell it is, and he sees this demolished throne area, he's like, oh, my God, hep, you got free. The way he comes to this conclusion, though, we see a symbol on this brick ground, and I'm like, what is that symbol? It almost looks like a Brainiac symbol to me. I'm like, what is this? I, I just figured out, maybe this will change your mind. I think they're part of the Immortal Men, Eric. Oh, yeah, is it the War of the Immortals? The Immortals that you've been waiting for all this time. Kenji's a part of that. I will tell you with this, though, like I said, the actual story, it's like, yeah, but I did like what they were doing with Nia. I like that kind of play, but not in a six-issue mini. We don't have a lot of time here left, and we really haven't even started a story. You're just ending up, okay, here's this character, here's that character. I did like the idea that you learn a tiny bit more about Nia, but also through Seiya, so you get that bit. But by the end, you're right, not a lot happens. It's a little confusing, and we do think that, you know, the chief there, he's got to be sus. I think, though, when I said that they're going to end up Doing the idea of, oh, if you tell, we'll kill you. I think that they're actually going to say that we have tech to bring your dad back. The whole deal of the dad having dementia, I think that they're going to have some sort of tech and they're going to hold that over, that we can bring the dad back from that. It always feels like they destroy the tech that they get a hold of that people aren't supposed to have. They have a, a crazy lab and have all this other stuff. And again, who knows what they're destroying or why they're destroying that. Again, that's part of the non-story. It is a shame, but there's a lot of things that are, you know, left up for interpretation. And, and it's so do- funny, too. When when everybody is, when this whole thing is said and done, we get done our Cambodian adventure, we get done with Seiya infiltrating Nia's life and, like, Nia, like, giving her brief, like, her debrief to uh, Mr. Lightless about what she feels about the team. We go back to actual, like, things going on where, like, Seiya's like, hey, we don't have to worry about this Nia Saha. We're like, you know, everything's fine. All right, we've got our next mission going on. We've got coordinates pointing to a LexCorp biome facility in Kerala. And when we have this situation, whatever's in there, Lightless thought it was important enough to break our no-contact rule. When we have this character that we see for, like, what the next mission is going to be in the next issue, this person that's strapped up to a bunch of, like, wires inside of, like, a, a tube with water, like a baka chamber, all I can think about, like, is this where Deathstroke's being held? Because it looked like that, like, that withered-up Deathstroke after Dark Crisis. Now, that would up the ante for you if they yeah. ended up doing something with him, but... Uh, but you think he's coming back from the nightmare realm, I Eric? Do. We'll see. But again, I think that my whole play, I, again, my score isn't that high. So it, I don't want to feel like I am trying to legitimize my score when we get okay. there. But I do like these characters. I just want more of them. And I want to see them as a team. I want to see them do an actual story going forward. Because this, you could even say, like, would you call this a fetch quest book? Because I don't even know if it's that much going on. 
You know what well, I mean? Like, the idea, like, here's a little mission here, and, like, you know, you'll get some other stuff going on, but even when you get the character backgrounds, like, last issue we had, the big issue was Arclight, right? This one, I have to say, is Seiya uh, for the infiltrating of, like, you know, Niasaha. But when you have that, it's, a, it's like, barely half stories to give you a little bit of background on who they are, and there's a bunch of weirdness about the overall story that you can't quite contemplate going on in the background overall, and I'm like, I, I don't know if this is a way that I enjoy a story being told, especially for characters that I don't know, and I don't fully know if I actually care about at this point for a six-issue mini that we're halfway through. Well, that's the problem. And I, I maybe it's because I'm reading that Grant Morrison Doom Patrol, but that has like, that Dodge punched one person in this. and like, yeah, Dodge, move real fast and punch that person. I'm like, well, good, good on you, Dodge. <laughs> way to go, Dodge. But again, I, I kind of like, I just want more characters. And by the end, I mean, what are we going to get out of this in six issues? And Giving a, a thing like this to Ramvia, six issue mini, that is playing the devil's hand there. Sure is. It really is. I mean, the guy really likes to meander a bit. He likes little side things, and you get that here. But I did like the art. You end up having Sid Cody and have to come in for finishes, which I wonder if maybe they changed something or what is know. going on there. But the art's pretty good, I thought. Right, and, uh, yeah, and overall... It's like a bo- it's bonus time. I'll tell you this: Cast- Castle is a lot, a little bit of a guy, like a kid that I ever imagined him from anything else we saw previously. Yeah, he's like young Sheldon there. That's how he acted. But again, uh, we like City Boy. <laughs> I love City, <laughs> City Boy. Boy. We are back and forth with Spirit World. We're kind of a little down with that. I'm just kind of I'm not down with this, but I'm not down with it. If you know how the kids talk, Eric, and I want kind to of? like it more. No I want to like this more. You know what I mean? I'm down with it, but I'm not down with it. I end up where I think it could be something. It's a shame we're not getting more, but I do like the characters and hope that for somehow, some way in the next three issues, we at least get some sort of story so that we can say, all right, I want this to continue. Because if it keeps doing this, little vignettes of this character, that character, yeah, I think that then it just kind of flops. But what would you give it? It's such a weird idea, too, because... We have our introduction to this world through, like, uh, Nia. Like, she's our way in because she's learning everything as we learn everything and try to figure things out. For some reason, like, I don't know if that was the best way to go about it because it seems like we have with Arclight and, um, and Seiya and Dodge and even Castle, they have a tight-knit group that's going on with Dr. Sankara in here and with Mr. Lightness, the head of the mysterious head of all of this. I feel like if we got actually into there and knew why they were so dedicated to their cause, stuff like that, besides for this kind of run of, like runabout kind of stuff. And like all the subterfuge to us, the reader feels weird for them trying to really sell these characters to me because Mike, put it on front street. Tell me who these people are and why they like their mission is important to them outside of them. Like, you know, needing this special tech to be a part of this because of what happened to them. And like, you know, this, their like the ability to survive through the tech, the vigil has granted them like, they almost seem like they're subservient because they need to be to live because of what they were given here, but they actually seem dedicated and they trust one another, but I want to know more. I, I wish, and and the thing is, it seemed like Saya didn't really trust everybody, but the, the thing is, I wish that even in this, you'd have, say, you know, Nia get upset and like, man, you know, he's not telling me anything, and then Dodge says, he doesn't say anything to anybody, kind of get them, like you're saying you want it from their point of view. I actually want the rest of the team to get towards her point of view that we realize, hey, they're a tight knit group only because they're fighting together and they need each other to survive. But they, you know, the whole chief thing, he's an asshole, never tells us anything. We're kind of pissed off too. 
that would go a long way for me to get the team kind of together. And like I'm a that. little worried because this issue didn't have anything to do with that goopy eyed guy that's going around assassin- assassinating people that are involved. And we don't even know much about what's going on with that or the conspiracy or whatever that actually is. And I feel like it's going to like not get left behind, but almost forgotten about as we progress because of what we're doing, like here's the character moments, but here's a fun little adventure to try to like, you know, fill out a story on top of it. But like, I feel like we keep meandering to the point where there's actually no point at all. Well, you know what it is. It, it, I know that you'll think of the hate bomb deal in the swamp thing, but I always do. the idea that we have a six issue mini, and this does kind of, now that we're talking about it, does feel a little like a filler issue. You don't need filler issues in a six issue mini. You really don't. Now, one of the things that could come to play that we might not be thinking of, because it's not really spelled out, but what Say is doing, getting that info on Nia, you might be pretty sure that the chief has done that to everyone else too. So he has something over everyone else. But why would Saya get involved with it? It all kind of twists and turns. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see how it goes. But we are halfway through, and it feels like we have like one issue of info through three issues. So I hope that we get a little bit more. But again, Ramby likes his little moments. I mean, he wants to have a guy claim he doesn't want to get killed on a toilet just to have him die on the toilet like that sort of thing yeah that's fine but but we do need more though of a story than that that was kind of funny but it's still i i need an ongoing story and see how and why this team is together and really what they're doing so what would you give it i think right now because of the art i'm at a six but i could go lower based on like you know just how i'm feeling about it but i want to be optimistic about this going forward because i do want to i always want to enjoy new characters and new team especially because i want this to go on somewhere to be vigil versus Stormwatch. it'll never happen yeah, but it's still what i want but like it's just i need more out of this book and i don't feel like i'm getting it but i still want to be positive about it even though it's kind of letting me down yeah, I'm a 6'5". I'm only a little bit ahead of you, but I like the characters and I like some of the feel of it. But yeah, I'm, I'm worried. This is At this point, I'm officially worried that we're not really going to get a story, but that's how Ram V does his thing. All of a sudden, it's a tennis so human. Ram v, Ram it's a maxi series now. And that would be crazy because I don't think it's selling well for at least the little bit of you know info that you can find. It didn't yeah. look like it was selling very well. So that is a shame, but we'll finish up with a book that I don't know. I still think it's doing good. There's a lot of talk that it's not doing as well as it should, but every book as it goes on, it does decline in sales, and it's still in the top 50. So that's, I mean, DC will take it. It's Batman, Superman, World's Finest, number 17. Now, before I go into the credits, do you think that the whole World's Finest Teen Titans coming out, do you think that reinvigorates and gets people excited to even if they kind of dropped off Batman, Superman, World's Finest? To go back because that team is, I, I want to say yes, but I'm always wrong. Where people in my mind are like, oh, yeah, definitely. Because who wouldn't want to pick up a world's finest Teen Titans and also pick up world's finest? So, like, Batman, you Superman. Think just pick up the Teen Titans and check it out. Even that, I'm like, people just won't even care about the Teen Titans, I think, but it's continuing not to buy this book. But, like, it'll have its fans. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of people getting excited about the Teen Titans uh, book, The World's Finest, still, so hopefully. But this is written by Mark Wade, art by Dan Moore, Tamara Bonvalon. Locked and reported by her, Erica. And, and, and also Steve Wands, yeah. And yeah, we're going to have the robot uprising, and it's going to down, down rise. It's going to be taken down. I always forget downrise. this. Until you say the week before when we're like, oh, we have, because you always say, that's Superman, World Smash, ooh, robot uprising. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what we're doing. I keep forgetting about it, but I also laugh every time we have New Mezo because it drives you nuts that you did not want that name. New Mezo is fine. It's what we had before with the Amazo Metamorpho, and why wasn't it called 
Metamizo because that is just right out there for anybody that to take is it. True. He's just everything now. He's just like Super Mezo now. He's crazy. But well, that's the thing. Metamezo is done and done. Now we just have to deal with New Mezo. Yeah. So now you end up and it pretty much becomes this whole you're never going to defeat this guy. And it is kind of a cool plan that he does absorb the powers. So if you get the big heavy hitters, they can he absorb their powers. Well, that's the, the big stronger. point about having a new Mezo at this point in time because the Mezo has already come and gone. Dr. Ivo has created a Mezo. Our Just League has taken him down and they've like, you know, the idea of what an Amazo is, this this robot that can absorb all the powers of any meta, uh, any pretty much anybody in this round, not even a meta situation, which always bothers me. Like, how can you absorb certain things? I'm not going to get nitpicking into that stuff, but if you go around Amazo, you're going to get your powers absorbed, and it's just going to become that much stronger. The difference between Amazo and New Amazo is that this New Amazo was created to be a genius on top of a blunt instrument. Amazo, just kind of a mindless robot going around as programmed to take out the Just League and take their powers. This one can think for itself and outthink anybody that's coming for it as well as outpower them. So that's the real threat where you have all the heroes coming together to try to take this out. But New Amazo was prepared for this, so he's already gone around and reprogrammed all the robots of the DC Universe to be a part of his robot uprising, and which our heroes have to take care of as well as him. Yeah, and then they do that, and I know that's the big play. Oh my god, it's the thinking man's Amazo. It's new Amazo. I didn't really get that much of a, oh my god, he's so more intelligent now, and he's there. He, he makes an army. He, he ends up reprogramming. <laughs> yeah, but he reprograms him as a robot army. He went and built androids to freaking take away billionaires just for their money. Look, the guy's thinking. He is taking away is all crazy. the robotics people to go help him with his robotic stuff. Exactly. I just need some punches. He's got get bigger a lot. plans. We get a lot what I want. You get a lot of punches. You get a sure. lot of explosions. There's a lot of fights here. You end up having some cool characters show up as they end up. And it's kind of funny. It's like, you know, two on one. No, two on two, two on three, two on five. And they keep going. But every time they show up, I'm like, well, he's absorbing your power. Well, that's the worst <laughs> part because doing? we have our heroes going up against New Mezo, who's, like I said, large and in charge. And the first thing that happens is Martian Manhunter and Supergirl go at him full force. I'm like, well, you just gave him the greatest powers in the universe right now. We're all screwed no matter what. Why didn't you get some like lower hitter guys to maybe try to put a dent in there that you didn't have to worry about so hard? Send Green Arrow's ass in there first. Well, he's there at one point, but he, yeah. I kept thinking to myself, like, okay, what hero is so stupidly bad? Like, I actually thought that was going to be the trick. I thought that they were going to get some really, and I'm, I'm telling you, I couldn't think of it. Because they're all good. Like a really piece of crap hero. They dress him up as Superman. He comes in, hey, I'm the Superman. And then he absorbs this power that eats away at him. I thought there was going to be some. All of a sudden, Amazing Man comes in the freaking same yeah, day. Like over the top twist that was going to end up almost like the idea. Oh, we gave the aliens a virus, like something like that. Or we changed the one to the zero. But I thought it was going to be done in a clever way that it was a dupe. But instead, you end up where. They're desperate. I mean, they're trying to figure out, and they end up where Batman gets on the line because you have Robin take down Tiomaro and has him tied up with the lasso. So he ends up where he's saying some things, but he says, This is the greatest amaze ever. You all are screwed. Nothing from the present or future could ever take this robots out. Yeah, so he says that, and then Batman out of nowhere oh is like, Oh my God, it's a mystery. Yeah, yeah, I love the idea. It's like, he just told us the answer. I'm like, he told us everything we wanted to know I without saying anything. He, I don't think he did, uh, but he did. But the idea where he's like, it's what he didn't say. Right away, I'm Shut a up, dummy. Batman. I am a, a complete idiot, right? You'll, you'll attest to that. I sat there, I'm like, oh, it's something from the past. <laughs> like, right away, I'm like, I, I think I get it. But I didn't know what that meant. But dude, I'm sitting here thinking about something like, 
is there something that I don't remember where there's a steampunk robot from Jonah Hex's time that they're going to go and but get? But you got that it was the past, right? Yeah, because yeah. he ends up saying that. It's funny because I'm reading it. And then I thought to myself, now, wait a minute. I, uh, again, this is what always kills. I know I'm a dummy. I never get anything. So I'm like, it can't be that. So then I'm looking. It's like humanity fleeing the planet. Flee. I'm like, I have the weirdest ideas. And then at the end, I'm like, oh, shit, I was right all wrong. But the idea where in the lasso that he's really count, he's going to try to, you know, hail Mary, the protection of Earth. And the idea that T.O. Morrow just says nothing now or in the future will ever be able to stop this thing. Oh, he must mean the past. I'm like, okay. uh, yeah, I think that maybe what you're thinking, Batman, and it does work out. But the idea is saying that. You're never going to be able to make it. It doesn't really work, but it does because Batman, it, it more clicks a thing in his mind to, to yeah, really yeah. realize it. But I, I don't mind the idea of how we're going to stop new Mezo by getting a reprogrammed Mezo on their team. And it's going to put them in an energy feedback loop that's going to destroy both of them because they're just both, they're both sucking off each other to the point where it's too much for their body. So it's just, it's you just, you know what that's thing. like, right? Uh, who doesn't? But you have these two robots, the, the brute force weapon and the genius of Mesa that's going at it, you know, and th- that's enough for him to, like, be distracted and just take this thing on to the point where they destroy themselves because of how they were made. And I am fine with that because that is a cool idea to bring that out. But when the rest of the series is the robot uprising on Earth that is taking over everything, and all it is is Will Magnus just recoding the programming of the robots using satellites. I'm like, because, you know, he programmed the Metal Man to only follow his command, so he's going to do that to all the robots. I'm like, no, no, no. He built responsometers and put them into the robots. You can't just go and satellite reprogram everything with something like this. I'm like, this is, this is a terrible idea. Like, I'm saying, like, it's not, it, in the comic, it's not terrible because it gets the job done. Just the storytelling in my mind, it's just so out of nowhere. I'm like, you can't just do that because then you can say that anybody can reprogram any of these robots in the DC universe out of nowhere. Pretty much using a freaking smartphone, it seems New like. Mezo seemed to die. But yeah, at the end, it's just... You New Mezo had time and freaking, like, you know, people on his side to help him. And and now we have heroes, Eric. But even when you're going through that, I thought that you ended up... Because this was a pretty long story for what oh, yeah. it was. And then to get to that point where he's just like, oh, I'm going to flip this switch. It, it's so weird that this is the story that we came to for, the like, the conclusion from... You know, someone killed Simon Stagg. That's crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because by the end of this, you do get metamorphones like, we got one person who should take this punch. And I'm like, who? Oh, oh, yeah. That was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rex oh, Mason to this book. I got gotcha. He is so far removed at this point. I was dumbfounded. Like. I'm like, huh? Like, I actually thought it was going to be some stupid ass robot that comes in. How dare you? Boom. Uh, but it was. It was metamorpho. And I do like, though, because we get that play. Before I got more of a chuckle than you did about when Rex was bitching and moaning about Mercury. That uh-huh. guy's always tough. I do like at this point where he's no, really no, it's fun. It's just always the thing. Like you said, like oh, he I gets know. it. I'm like, no, everybody gets it. Yeah, but nobody does that. Everybody does that when Mercury shows up. Everybody writes Mercury saying that. Nobody recognizes that that's bullshit, and that's what Mark Wade did. Mark Wade actually recognized the other people write it because they don't know shit about shit. Where's my Mercury figure right here? I got to hold him tight and tell him he's great. He's the best. To me, that's why it was clever. Usually, it's it's like the idea where, you know, Jason Todd shows up and you get the crowbar. If you end up recognizing that, then, then you got me, and you got me there. But I like here when Rex goes and he goes to punch uh new mezzo he actually is like 
This is for making it look like I killed somebody. This is for Sapphire. And by the way, this is making me like Simon Stagg. You made me feel bad for Simon Stagg. How dare you? And that shows, a, you know, it's, it's a joke. But at least yeah. it shows a level of understanding of, of the characters, which we don't get a lot. I mean, I'm telling you, I may be easily, you know, amused nowadays, but it's because we rarely get these little wink winks that people understand no, no i'm saying this is fun with rex base at the end because they allow him to have the final blow for everything that was done to him from the beginning of this arc what does he just get Eric, what does he get the final blow all right yes yes the final blow <laughs> the idea where he is going ham on new mazo until he gets to the point where he is just a severed skull an android skull that is still active though he's like you know what? I'd rather look you in your eyes as Doc Magnus dismantles your android brain piece by piece. That's what you get for messing with the element, man. I'm like, don't leave him alive. What's wrong with you? He just created a robot uprising. He's destroyed this robot. I mean, you say that. One of the smartest guys who prepares for everything. You know, Batman's always going to end up making brother eye shit. Like, they can't help themselves. It was a good idea until it wasn't. I do like, though, when he's, like, saying this, and then you go back to Will, and he's like, you really said that shit? Like, <laughs> you said that. He's like, yeah, you know, I was all excited. I ended up saying You're messing with the old man? You actually said that out loud? I'm a cornball. Sue me. Oh, stupid cornballing piece of uh, But I do. Also, I <laughs> I like this point where Jimmy now is, he's scared. He's running scared. He's Bruce a little Wayne's upset, but he's running scared. He's like, oh, shit. Like, I thought it was Bruce Wayne. And I now I feel bad that I put that out there. What if he retaliates? What if he sues the planet? He just have to That's it. He can't. You speculated on motive, but nothing you wrote was false. It doesn't necessarily stop billionaires. <sighs> Jimmy, listen to me. You followed the facts <laughs> as a reporter's job, and you did it well. From everything I've heard about this so-called Bruce Wayne, he strikes me as a reasonable man. I doubt he'd hold a grudge. At that moment, everybody I, in I the room so should hard. stop. I did. Too. They should stop and like look at look at Batman and like you, Bruce Wayne. Aren't you? <laughs> like I just figured it out. Like you asshole. He's like, what? What gave it away? I just love Batman trying to speculate on how Bruce Wayne oh, thinks. So I worry, Jimmy. He's like, this billionaire is going to sue me into oblivion. Don't worry, little guy. It made me because it really was like the whole play. It could have just went on. I'm done. I could have had three more pages where Jimmy doesn't stop yelling about it. Where I just want Batman every time he comes on to sigh first. <sighs> Listen here. He's a really great guy, this Bruce Wayne. We play racquetball together. You don't understand, Jimmy. By the end of it, I need it to go so long. And the <laughs> size get bigger and bigger that you get the classic where, Jimmy, I'm, and then, you know, Superman. Late. You better get going. By the way, Jimmy, don't worry about this. Okay, Superman, and they go off. Like, I need him to almost say I'm Bruce Wayne. Oh, it's so good. Jimmy is so dense. Oh, no. I'm not even a millionaire anymore. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, this is in the past. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, you end up where he's all, and he he is a little upset that he ended up collaring the Bruce Wayne. All his facts were right, Jim. But uh, I thought it was pretty cool. And then you have next the untold origin of the Superman Batman team and the return of the Boy Thunder. Well, that's the thing is, you, you say next, do you mean like next issue or just next in general? Because when you say the untold origin of Superman Batman team, and you have in the background Riddler, Spellbinder, and Magpie, I'm like. That sounds like a really cool story. You better not tack that on top of the return of Boy Thunder and the Kingdom Come universe because I want I want this story both. I'm like, I don't need this like compressed together because that's a lot of story that I want to get back to. Maybe we get a backup. I don't know. I haven't really seen. But I think that this is where you're seeing maybe that people are 
you know, getting a little worried that the sales are going down. They're still okay. They're still better than a lot of the other books, but maybe this is that kick of the, hey, everybody, you know, this is what we're going to have in the next bunch of months. Just stick around. We have some cool stuff. Is what I think. I th- now it's the idea of the return of Boy Thunder. I could use that all day because at first, you know, bringing back a Silver Age sidekick for Superman called Boy Thunder, I'm like, yeah, this could be a little bit of fun. I'm not too interested into it overall because you know it's just a, it's a laugh, is what it is. Yeah. But when Mark Wade decides to bring his story into the current continuity of the past, obviously, but then take Boy Thunder away to Earth 11 and make him the origins of Magog, I'm like, okay, if Mark Wade wants to tell more Kingdom Come stories and flesh his own universe out, go for it. Yeah, yeah, I, I. Interest in that I want to see But like here we are Like almost 30 years later He's still telling Kingdom Come stories It's crazy I do want the Untold Origin Of Superman Batman team more Damn right Especially with Riddler Spellbinder Magpie I love the Story up until Oh my god That's Magog Alright I'm good with that I I was pretty good with that At that point So I don't know I hope that you don't Give more To then end up like uh, Like overstay your welcome With that Like you said It's 30 years And he's still Telling some you know, it's a stupid Kingdom Come story, so we'll see. I'll tell but, you. Yeah, I'd like to, and anything about this book. I, lo- I love Kingdom Come Superman. Oh, I, I like Kingdom Come. I just, you know, Kingdom Went is how I play there. You know what I'm saying there? Kingdom I Went. <laughs> you like that, don't Just you? like your Lane Staley references. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Hey, anybody want to hear more about the monkeys? It's for the kids. We got the monkeys, the Lane Staley. <laughs> you know, the classic stuff the kids like. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. I mean, Seriously, I'm looking for a story here like Peraldo was trying to look in Al Capone's vault there. <laughs> the vault there. And, ju- and just like that that whole reveal, this was a dud. <laughs> yeah, well, this this ended up pretty good. No, fun. no, I'm no. Telling- I, meant, I meant you talking. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, I, I really like the Jimmy stuff at the end. It made me Oh, good. that was great. So, and, and again... I like the fun of this book. That's what no, the it's about. The thing is, the idea of the new Mazo, the genius Mazo, that's going to like you know put the team on edge even more than a Mazo. What that's really good stuff. Bringing the Mazo out to freaking do this, I think that's a cool callback. Even though it's a little silly for Batman to come to this conclusion because of what Tio Morrow didn't say, just one word from now or the future. It's a little stretch, but it's still fun for how we get there. My biggest problem with the issue is just the idea. You have the entire robot uprising all over the world that's all come together now to like take on our heroes and kill all the heroes so new Mazo can like, you know, win the day. And it's just, oh no, I reprogrammed with satellites. I'm like, well, you took the wind out of the sails there instantly and it didn't even work out right because that's the responsometers are very specific and are inside your metal men. So it's and like, they kind of spelled that out already before. I know. And it doesn't work at all. And it takes the wind out of the sails of all the stakes that you set up for this world, like whole world uprising of robots, heroes and villains alike. And I'm like, you just like, you know, instantly took it away. And I'm like, I, I am really disappointed in that the rest of the issue though, action packed looks great. A lot of fun, a lot of banter that I love with these characters. So I'm giving it a 7.5 out of 10. I'm giving it an eight because it was action packed Peewee. See, I'm getting all the references now, Eric. Action packed Peewee. I said on the cover, it does look like a bunch of action figures playing, you know, like you're, Slamming them into each other and stuff. You get you get the robot Robin in that is a front. Pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. <laughs> but with that, that is it. I, I did like it though. I and I always like the art. The art's always going to up the ante on it. So I I think that that's cool and some of the fun by the end. But you're right when you flip a switch and that is like the be all. Because that there. was one of the biggest parts of the story. Like yeah, we got a new Amazo and that's fucked up. Like how are we going to deal with that? But when you have the rest of the robots, even Robot Man, which feels weird because he has a human brain, so it doesn't shouldn't affect him. It's he's Trump. on the team of the baddies right there. I'm like, 
this is a big deal. How are we going to deal with it? Like, I thought that was half the stuff that like it was important that like, oh my God, this is going to be a huge moment just to be dwindled down to like, no, I flipped the switch. It's cool. I'm like, fuck. You flipped the switch, huh? That's what happens. Uh, now Will Magnus controls every robot. Well, there you go. There's trouble. <laughs> Let's just hope that his personality disorder doesn't make him go bad again. Well, that's true. Yeah, he gets handsy, Eric, as, as we were told. But when you have all this going on, I, I just, you know, worry Then Batman has to make the Brother Iron stuff. But I do have to admit, was no ape or gorilla. It was mammoth that I saw. And, oh, and yes. No, no, you saw Shaggy forgot. Man. Or Shaggy Man, I mean, yeah. yeah. Mammoth. Shaggy Man is who I saw. So I ended up where, when I was thinking back, I think I saw an ape or no, Well, Shaggy now that you mentioned it, though, there's no reason that there shouldn't be a big-ass Titano in the background to really make things really like They're standing side-by-side side with Kemo there. That'd be even more amazing cool. for the spread. Would have been cool. When, when you were talking about the responsometer, I was thinking, like, when you were a kid, did you, like, the responsometer? Oh, no, I definitely did. Hell, I I had to stop myself from saying thermometer every time I read it in a book instead of thermometer. You always said chemo instead of chemo. That's the thing is, how am I supposed to know that this big monster is pronounced chemo when it's never been told to me in life and it's spelled (laughs) chemo? Oh, seriously, if you ended up, the funniest thing would be if they hired me to do the audio book of anything J.R.R. Tolkien. Because I read those, th- I had no idea what Absolutely the hell I, those those names. I'm like, I'd see them and know what they meant, but then no, but way I'm talking about that stuff. Gandalf. It would have <laughs> been funny, like at the end, I was going to say too, where there's Batman and he's trying to talk it up about how Bruce Wayne and he's doing what Tanya does when they talk, you know, painkillers and that Bruce Wayne, like he's trying to pretend he has no idea who it is. A Bruce Wayne. They're like, no, we know, we know. I, I also, I wanted to see Superman on the side just laughing, and, and Batman, like, come on, dude, like, help me out here, <laughs> help me out. Like, this Jimmy, he's about to lose it, and you're just over there laughing. Like, he would listen to Superman a little more than Batman, but there you go. That is it. That is the end of the TGIF, which then leads to what we do at the end of this is tell everybody what we are going to be talking about this week. Eric, I'm extending this because I got to load it up. We are getting spooky as we do it. Summerween week three, right? It feels yeah. like it's like week eight. It feels like we should have been, you know, they say week eight. I say week late. Do, do you right? have the list yet or you want me to do it? No, I have the list now. Okay. I was just trying to be funny. <laughs> I know you were trying. <laughs> I was trying to be Fergie. 2008 to 2008. Night Terrors Catwoman, <laughs> number <Constantly>. one. <laughs> I'm for delicious. You end up where I heard some people talking about the Night Terrors Catwoman. They actually say that it's a better Catwoman issue from Teeny Howard than we've ever got, but it doesn't fit Night Terrors. So you have uh, that. There's always you know, something. There's a little tug of war. Night Terror's Nightwing, number one. I think the only person who likes this one is Sus Gabe, but hey, he seems I to like it. I haven't read it yet. I haven't like either. Yeah, you do like some shit. That's Night right. Terror's Punchline, number one. All right. Okay, okay, reviews. Learn some more about it. Alexis K through her subconscious? Maybe. The user Maybe. reviews aren't great, but I, I'll tell you right now, I've heard people talking about the Catwoman. I've heard people talking about the Nightwing. I've heard people talking about the Wonder Woman. So I, I haven't heard anybody talking about Punchline, including I ended up messaging I Love Punchline and said, let me know what you think of it. And never got a word back. I, I sent I Love Punchline a message the other day saying, like, I hope you're doing all right. I haven't heard from you in a while. Yeah, I talk to I Love Punchline now on uh, Twitter. We oh, message that's where each I was. other on Twitter. Yeah, so I, it hasn't really been in the Slack either. I am worried a bit. Uh, maybe when 
they found out that punchline was going to be written by Danny Lore, they ended up running somewhere. I don't know, hiding. But punchline number one, I haven't heard anything about it. Uh, Night Terror Superman number one. Well, again, it's the Man of Screams. We're going to have that's the weird part. You, you say that, and that's what it's but it's really not. You end up with another name in there. I'm like, I thought we were doing Man of Screams there. What's going on? We all scream for ice cream. I end up where it has a very, very dark multiverse Batman who laughs feel of it. It's like the and I said it's the Superman who talks shit. That's the dark multiverse version. I I kind of got thrown by that. Night Terrace Wonder Woman number one. Some people were talking about that. That was better than they thought as well. So hopefully, hopefully, and how many is that? The five? That's six. But yeah. Is it six? I don't Night know. Catwoman, Nightwing, Punchline, Superman. Now I think we have five. Okay, so that's that's a pretty cool little podcast. It's pretty cool pretty little cool, podcast. Probably be about, about about ten minutes long, maybe. Oh yeah. But yeah, that'll that'll come out for everybody on Sunday night. But if you want early access, you can get that on Saturday night if you go over to Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, and that's for just the basic one dollar make you holler. You'll end up getting couple shows and the early access as well so with all of that thanks everybody for listening hope that you come and see you know what we're up to in the spookiest time of the week summer we get to the summer ween nonsense spectacular i overall people seem like they're already like a lot of people were more positive for it than i thought they were going to be but i think at this point it's kind of hit them that we still have over a month left, and they're like, ooh, like, yeah. this is starting to get a little too long. I wish that it was just like a, a four-issue mini, and we can kind of go with that and get more of the other books, but that's why we have the TGIF, to get rid of all those other books to get spooky. But what do we say at the end of the TGIF podcast air? In a world full of chimps, always make sure you go ape. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.